Take two. Okay. We're going to go down here. All right. This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Ben Sears at Ben Sears on yellowpages.com. <laughs> and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. And uh, yeah, I just lost all of my notes here. So um, uh, yeah, if you want to support us, you can go on to Patreon and oh my God, this is such a, I'm, I'm messing up so hard. Okay, here we go. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com and more podcasts presented by Obsessive Viewer at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. And you can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. Um, I am here today with recurring co-host and contributing reviewer and friend Ben Sears uh, to, for this episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Ben, how is it going? Good. Uh, Good. I think I might have fucked that up. Is it? Would it be yellowpages or whitepages.com? Uh, I, I think I yellow pages is for business. Shit. So white pages. But you have a business. Uh, uh, ben Sears Photography. Mm, shout out. More or less. Um, so... We should probably just record it again. Oh, God. Okay, yes. Let's do it. <laughs> oh. All right. This is matter. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that again. It would be worth it. Uh, maybe. Uh, should Do you really want to? <laughs> no, no. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah. So, in addition to all of the things that I just rambled through, and, and this is a very loose in intro and everything, um, you can also support what we do here on Patreon. Um, uh, I do have an ad read that I'm going to read uh, for, for uh, our Patreon. So, here we go with my ad read for Patreon, if I can stop stalling and get the note where I want it. Okay. <clears throat> so, here we go. Our Patreon commercial. This Memorial Day weekend, while drivers compete in the Indianapolis 500 in Mayan Tiny's and Ben's hometown of Speedway, Indiana, you should race on over to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and take advantage of our 500 miles worth of content. There are no yellow flags or cautions when you sign up for the $1 level, as you'll get instant access to over 100 B-roll episodes recorded specifically for Patreon supporters. You can also be part of our pit crew by signing up for the $2 Patreon level for additional access to TV reviews and reactions episodes and follow that checkered flag by joining our $5 Patreon level for an additional access to full-length movie commentary tracks provided by yours truly with occasional call-ins from the OV co-hosts. But why stop there? Take our take your victory lap by signing up for the $10 level to get access to everything plus early access to episodes and more unreleased content. Uh, so yeah, so race on over to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and become a patron today. Um, so that is one of the alternates for the wow. uh, Patreon uh, read. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a bunch of different ones. I've been playing with them on Anthology and Tower Junkies. <laughs> and uh, it really it really cuts down on time. <laughs> All right. So should but, I do my ad read now for oh, Magic yes. Spoon? Oh, yes. For, for what? <laughs> Magic Spoon. Is that a thing? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's is uh, it like a podcast? Uh, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a serial company or something. Oh, I think yeah. I've heard of it, but uh, we don't have a promo code for that, so you know. Um, but yeah, but Patreon. Check or that do out. we? I I not that I'm aware of. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, but Patreon. I we are doing a lot of cool stuff over there. Um, I am about to start. Um. Uh, immediate reaction uh, reviews of Lisey's story, which I'm really excited because I have access to screeners, so I'm going to be able to record all of those in a vacuum, so every time an episode of Lisey's story premieres, because they're going week to week, the June 4th, they're going to have the first two episodes drop, and then June um, 11th, they're going to have the third, and then 4th, 5th, 6th, all the way to the 8th weekly um, on Fridays. But every time an episode drops on Apple TV+, Plus, I will have a Patreon-exclusive recording, like the second that it drops onto Apple TV+. Plus. So I'm really excited about that. That's at the $2 level. And uh, yeah, so uh, to circle back... Ben, how's it going? <laughs> Fantastic. Nice, nice. Uh, we are today, we have a full plate in terms of what we're going to be talking about on the podcast. Uh, we just did a, a very a very nice freeform uh, Patreon-exclusive recording where we talked about Knives Out 2 and uh, Army of the Dead and some other stuff that I've already forgotten because <laughs> I am uh, an old man who has no memory. Um, so... Um, well, you yeah. gotta leave some mystery up to the to the listeners to get them to sign up. Exactly, exactly. And again, race on over to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Um so today on the show, we are like I said, we've got a stacked a stacked show. We've got a review of A Quiet Place Part Two, um, some stories about A Quiet Place Part Two, <laughs> and uh a review of uh, Cruella. And uh, we are we might also be talking about a little bit about uh, Indie Film Fest, which just concluded last week, I think, or uh, yes. two weeks ago. Yes, yeah. the 29th, or no. Uh, the 19th, I think. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, today they just announced the uh, the winners and everything. So we're, we'll talk about that later in the episode. But uh, Ben, do you want to get us kicked off by talk? Do you, do you want us to talk about the press screening experience for A, <laughs> a Quiet Place Part 2? And uh, why that became a very frustrating night for me. <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, it was a harrowing night for me, too. Yes. Uh, it almost didn't happen. Yes. Uh, for context, this was, I believe, your first press screening as a member of the IFJA. Yes. Yes. The critics group that we're both members of, the Indiana Film Journalists Association. Um, so, yeah. How did you feel about it? What, like, tell me about it, because I didn't get to fucking go to it. <laughs> yeah. Well... I mean, it would have been a lot more special if uh, I would have made it there uh, more than about 30 seconds before it started. I was going to ask if you missed any of the movie, and that's, uh, that's awesome. No, if, if I would have left my house literally any later, I would have missed at least the opening because do they do they like shut the door once it started or i don't i really don't know i think so the um with those advanced screenings at least before pandemic times um they really really want you to get there early okay um especially since they have seats cordoned off for press and like those advanced screenings are also most like the majority of the time there are advanced screenings for the public too. So they pack oh. them in as much as they can. So if you're not there by a certain time to claim your seat, they could just give your seat away. Okay. Um, 
which is why I was really excited because I was like, okay, I came home from work. I took like a quick hour or so power nap and I was like, okay, this is, this is good. I have like a full hour to get to the theater. And like, usually I'm running late. I'm procrastinating. I'm just a complete shithead. And then, uh, it was to the point where I was so confident about it that like our plan for a peek behind the curtain for the listeners, our plan was to do a parking lot special, um, recording, reviewing A Quiet Place Part 2 after the movie. And then um, for whatever reason, I decided that what we were just going to do uh, this episode here instead in person. Mm-hmm. But like it was to the point where I was like on my way to the theater and I was like, you know, I have time if I want to go back and get the recording equipment just, just in case. <laughs> um, and then uh, I did not have time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to tell your experience about this? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, I live slightly, maybe 10 minutes south of you. Mm-hmm. So I, the, the screening started at seven. Yes. I left my house at five forty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty close to that. Um, maybe a minute or two after, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, and I got stuck in a little bit of traffic around like Washington street. Um, and okay. I, started to get a little worried but i still figured i had enough time but really i like i kind of knew even before i had left that there had to be some kind of traffic yeah, on the north side because they're all rush is. hour plus they just close the whatever and everything yeah. and can you push the mic up just a little bit so um so i was uh, i i figured Surely an hour and 15 minutes would be enough time, even with traffic. Yeah. And then I get up to the north side and uh, I run into traffic. And then Mm. I think right, was it right after uh, Michigan Street? I think I hit it. That's, yeah, that's And then it was rough. Yeah. It was bumper to bumper. Uh, and And like, Like, I had my GPS going, Mm -hmm. and that was more because I knew where the theater was because I've been there many times. It was at Castleton on the north side, and I live on the west side, and, like, I had the GPS on. Like, I had Google Maps on because it had the destination time, and I was Mm -hmm. just like, I wanted to look at it and be like, I'm going to be good. Um, Post-vaccine, in theater, advanced screening viewing matt is gonna turn over a new leaf because i am notoriously late and everything um which this was this was to be my first press screening or first advanced screening before or since onward last march yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and then i hit that like it even said crash ahead and i'm like okay okay it shouldn't be too bad i have enough of a buffer i can Mm -hmm. make it i can make it it's fine and then the time just kept increasing the yep. wait time. And it was like, it was like, I was in that, I was stuck in that part where it was like several miles until the next exit. So I couldn't even get off and, yeah. and it sucked. I was so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, <laughs> the, in, in greater terms, I guess mm-hmm. the backup 
when I got to it wasn't terribly long, I guess. Nice. Maybe a mile or so. Okay. But like I I have the Apple Maps app mm. and I looked on that and when you look on that it says like um it has like a a orange or a red line yeah. on your on the road uh depending on same how bad with, traffic is. Yeah, same with Google. So Maps. I could see more or less when it would be over. And so that was really like the only thing that kept me going and knowing that it wasn't terribly long. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as soon as I got past it, it was like it ended up being like a semi that got it in a wreck or something. Yeah, I think and a so semi was, and like two SUVs or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It got down to one lane. And so as soon as I passed that, like I just floored it. Right. I was gunning for it and i got even more i was even more worried when i got stuck in traffic because i was running kind of low on gas oh like really I, I figured i i had to have enough like i wasn't yeah. you know running on fumes on or anything too. right but um but i like i i don't think i would have had enough to get home uh without stopping so yeah. i pretty much floored it as soon as i got off past there and floored it uh, off the interstate and to the mall and everything. And I like speed walked inside mm. to the theater. Like I, I was meeting my friend there. He was my mm. plus one. Oh, nice. And, uh, they did he, have plus ones. Okay. Yes. Nice. Uh, or at least for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like, I just, I was, I, I don't know. I didn't even have time to talk to him or anything, but like Jeez. I got in there and like, as I was sitting down, the lights were dimming. Oh, so wow. Yeah, I was that close. Man. Literally, if I would have left any later, I would have missed That's it. That's awesome. They didn't give and you any guff or anything like that? No. Did they have did they make you like show them the the email questionnaire mm-hmm. questionnaire? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there was a lady outside, I showed it to her and um she gave me like a, a wristband. So. Oh, interesting. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And there there weren't any uh trailers too. So right. yeah, like I said, if I would have gotten there any later or like stopped for a snack or yeah. stopped for gas or anything, I would have been screwed. Yep. And that's how I was. Like I it, it's I was so bummed. Like I <laughs> and I had posted on Facebook, like tonight's my first in theater <laughs> press screen or advanced screening and everything and since onward. And so, like, I'm in traffic and I'm seeing the time increase a lot. So, like, my ETA time by the time I was getting clear of the traffic was, uh, like, 7.07. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get off at the exit and then turn around and then go home. Yeah. And, like, I was so annoyed. And then, like, I was so annoyed and I was like, I'm going to stop and probably get food or something, at least since I'm since I'm out and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, nothing really sounds good. And I'm just so irritable and everything. And, then, like, I thought about getting Skyline Chili and then yep. I just passed by it. And I was like, no. And then I was like, I'll just I'll park and, like, get takeout at Monocle's Pizza or something. And then mm. I was I was typing in my um my password for my account on the monocles app and i'm like typing it in like i'm mistyping it and it's not going through and i'm like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna go home <laughs> and i went home and like ordered i think i ordered chinese food actually nice um and then yeah and then it ended up being an okay night i guess but okay. yeah it was a bummer but, but then uh, tell the listeners how i saved the day but you, you did were able save to the see day <laughs> yes because today we like i like 
the plan was to do a double review of A Quiet Place Part 2 and Cruella. When I couldn't go see the screening, I was just like, all right, let's just let's just review Cruella and then and then talk about Indie Film Fest and that can be our episode. Mm-hmm. And um I even wa- like I watched Cruella yesterday and I had trouble with it too because <laughs> the app kept crashing. Um uh the screener app for it and we like i i was so frustrated with that and then today i'm sitting there thinking like okay well ben's not going to come over until eight we're going to record and everything maybe i'll maybe i'll do some prep for anthology or maybe i'll even watch like 101 dalmatians just for (laughs) just to for context and then you sent me a text today saying like hey uh a quiet place part two is has five five o'clock screenings if you want to if you want to squeeze in before we record i'm like Oh fuck yeah. Like, yeah! Which I I said as a joke because I didn't think you, you did, would be able to. You or... did because you put the <laughs> LOL there, and I'm like, no, this is actually perfect because um, uh, because I I just assumed since it's opening night, it's Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that it was not going to have screenings until like seven. Um, so yeah, so that that did save the day, and I went to uh, Trader's Point, which was the first time I've been to that theater since September of 2019 when I saw hmm. Chapter 2 with the Facebook group. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, and that was fine. Um, the uh, uh, the concession worker uh, handed me uh, my cup for my drink by putting her finger in the cup. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I might die tonight. She was trained well. Yes. Sounds like. Oh yeah, um, AMC safe and clean. Um, so, uh, but yeah, but there wasn't. I mean, there was like uh, maybe six people in the theater. Okay. Um, total, and it was it was fine. It was good. It was fun. Um, yeah. So, uh, so overall thoughts on your first press screening and everything. Did you talk to anyone from the IFGA there? No. Okay. Um, I uh, I kind of had to get going as mm-hmm. soon as it was over. Unfortunately. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I might be wrong about this. I might have seen one other movie there, but I think this okay. might have been my first movie at the Castleton. Oh, theater. interesting! And it was yeah. in the Dolby yes. Theater. Yeah. yeah. What'd you think of that? Not in IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was nice. Nice. Um, I think I've seen one or two other movies in Dolby, and it was yeah. it's good. Nice. Yeah. I honestly prefer Dolby to uh, to IMAX. Oh really? Yeah, mostly because the seats are more comfortable in the theater, <laughs> um, and also I I I don't know I just I I kind of like the immersion of the sound. I think it's a little mm-hmm. stronger than IMAX. Oh, it was definitely immersive. Yeah, yeah. I bet, uh, man, and that would have been such a cool environment to see <laughs> a Quiet Place Part Two in. Although, yeah. uh, my I don't know if I was doing it wrong because it's mm. been so long since I've been in a theater, yeah. but my seat wasn't reclining. For oh, some reason, so I guess I'm huh. just gonna have to quit the IFJA now. Right? So, <laughs> if this is what was, it's gonna be like. Was this your first time? When was the last time you were in a movie theater? Theater, uh, seeing Onward last year. Really? Yeah. Man, wow. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, yep. Interesting. How did it feel? It was amazing. Nice. Uh, and nice. it probably colored my uh my experience take with, on yeah. yeah my take on the movie um uh, because yeah i you just it i i did, we've been broken records on this but it just yeah. doesn't compare to watching it at home no absolutely. like i know if i would have watched this at home uh i would have 
checked my phone once or twice or paused it to go to the bathroom or Mm. something. And it just, I was just riveted the whole time. Nice. Nice. I, I loved it. That's awesome. And yeah, that that's a perfect segue to get into our review of A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, so we're going to do a non-spoiler and spoiler section. Um, and I am going to play music for the, or I'm going to play a clip from the trailer f- to break up the spoiler section. So wait for that or check the show notes for timestamps. But we're going to go into our non-spoiler review of A Quiet Place Part 2, which is in theaters May 28th, 2021. Um, and it is a sequel to A Quiet Place from, I think it was 2018. Yeah. And, uh, the plot summary is following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world forced to venture into the unknown. They realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats, um, lurking beyond the sand path. Uh, this movie stars Emily Blunt, replies, Emily Blunt, uh, Millicent Simmons, and Killian Murphy, John Krasinski, Noah Jupa, and Jaman uh, Hansu, uh, directed and written by John Krasinski. And uh, yeah, so Ben, to get us kicked off into this um, review, um, how, what 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 were your feelings on the first A Quiet Place, and what were your expectations? <laughs> what were your how excited were you for A Quiet Place <laughs> Part Two last year? And how excited were you for it to this year? Um, yeah, I I don't have a specific memory of like when the news broke that it would be delayed, but I remember being really bummed out because I was really looking forward to it. I loved the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in my top ten of that year. Yeah, uh, which was tough because twenty eighteen was a good year. Mm. Um. And yeah, I I just loved the first one. Um, I tried to rewatch the first one before going to the screening, but I wasn't able to. It I could have sworn it was like on Hulu or something, but it's oh, yeah. not anymore. I at one point I think it was on Amazon Prime. Yeah, something. Yeah, that or I, yeah, I don't know. It was it was available to stream somewhere. I know that, okay. but now it's not. So kind of bummed about that. Um. I wanted to do a Patreon commentary track for it, but I just didn't get around to it. Mm. Um, so yeah. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have been looking forward to this for a long time. It feels like, Mm -hmm. um, and I am super glad that John Krasinski and Paramount and whoever else did not just like punt this to a streaming service oh, last yeah. year. Oh because, yeah. Because like I said, it's it's an amazing theater experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I was able to see this in the theater finally. Oh yeah. Me too. And I even like I'm sure the screening was probably packed as much as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I assume that they had blocked out uh seats yes. like every yeah i seat. uh like i said i i got there like as the lights were dimming so i couldn't really take a look around and see how many people were uh, there yeah. but i think i think it was a pretty decent turnout i nice. mean as much as it could have been mm. yeah i yeah nice yeah mine didn't have that many people but um i was still glad to be able to see it in the theater like you said it cuz the first one, the original A Quiet Place, that movie 
I was a huge fan of it specifically, not specifically because, but definitely because the theater experience was amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm super jealous too, because I didn't yeah. get to see it in the theater. It was so, so cool. Yeah. Um, I can I can imagine. Yeah. And and being able to at least see this in a theater that isn't busy or anything, even even it not being busy was still a really good um, experience for me. Um, if only because of the triumph of returning to the movie theater. <laughs> um, which, by the way, did you see that SNL sketch that was uh, uh, supposed to be like uh, Vin Diesel welcoming people back to the movies? No, it's I'll 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 send you a link after we record. It's really funny. It's okay. uh, the guy uh, Beck Bennett, I think, mm-hmm. is the guy. He uh, he's doing an impression of Vin Diesel, and he's just like talking to the audience. He's like in a theater seat, and he's like. Uh, we've been ho- we've been home for too long, and now it's time to go back to the movies. <laughs> and he says that like numerous times. He says like the movies, <laughs> and that's been like in a loop in my head for uh, a while now. So nice. Uh, it's it's mildly funny, but it's just it's an earworm funny sketch. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I I was really pumped to be able to see this movie in a theater and have it not be deterred by traffic. Um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, let's get into our review of A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, so, uh, Ben, overall thoughts, non-spoiler, uh, how'd you feel about this movie and how did it compare to A Quiet Place? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I, I wish I could have watched the first one again. I mm. think I've I've only seen it the one time, but okay. I it left such an impression on me that I... Um, I still love it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I mean, the, the thing about the second one is that it's a lot, it's very similar to the first one, mm-hmm. but there's just more of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, more scares, more monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, Bigger. More, yes. Yeah. Uh, more kind of set pieces. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and just really impressive. Yeah, that whole opening sequence. That's oh yeah, day one. Um, they showed quite a bit of it. Um, in a clip, kind of, uh, in promotional material last year. Even, uh, it was like the first trailer. Was the first teaser was that, and it, what was interesting to me was that I was wondering and kind of worried that it would be a flashback kind of thing, where like throughout the entire movie it would be flashing back to mm. like that which is something I didn't really need or I wouldn't have needed, but thankfully it doesn't do that. It just basically has that prologue to kind of, I think flex the, the bigger budget and to to kind of just give get us back into that world, which I appreciated quite a bit. Um, I think it did a, did a phenomenal job of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that opening was amazing. I did not watch any trailers. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah. I I wanted to go into this cold and nice quiet you might say. Um, <laughs> nice. And yeah, it it blew me away. I love mm. the the shot that I keep coming back to which I think I've heard is in the trailer is mm. the the shot where Emily Blunt is driving the car in reverse as the bus is coming towards yeah. her. Holy yep. crap. Oh yeah. Uh that I don't know if I'd say that shot scared me, mm-hmm. but it it was I was just impressed and blown away. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Um and there is there was a uh, there was an, a shot where this wasn't in the trailer or anything but it's where John Krasinski is in his truck 
and it's like it's from the point of view of of his daughter so the sound is out oh, like, yeah. there's no sound mm-hmm. and the camera like does this interesting thing where it's like going outside of the truck or maybe it's inside. I don't know, but it, it's just gliding over to the driver's seat where John Krasinski is getting out. It's just a seamless transition where he's just getting out of the truck and looking uh, back. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a very light thing, but it was just, it really, it really uh, uh, stood out to me and was really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that prologue, we get the continuation of the Abbott family story. Mm-hmm. And uh, we won't spoil anything, but uh, how'd you feel about the introduction of um killian murphy's character emmett um and how he fit into the whole kind of scheme of things i liked it um yeah i uh i didn't know going into it uh how he like what his character was supposed to be or Mm -hmm. uh any real details about him but um i i liked his character i liked uh his performance Mm -hmm. um i like you said, I I always like seeing him yeah. uh, pop up, so uh, I I think he made a good addition. Yeah, I I do too, and I kept thinking like because one of my favorite movies, and I'm getting such a weird sensation of deja vu right now. It's <laughs> insane, but um, one of my favorite movies is Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, which has Killian Murphy, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I like throughout the movie, I was like, this has such a 28 days later vibe for me. Um, because it's Killian Murphy at the end of the world. Yeah. And and doing all of this stuff. And then like I kept thinking, like, in my head, I was like, oh, it's more like 494 days later. because <laughs> uh, it's day 494. Um, but I was just I was just really uh I, I was I thought he was a very welcome addition. And that's something that's kind of tricky when having a sequel like ostensibly replacing a male lead character yeah. for a sequel like it's they do enough different with Emmett as a character but it's not i don't know some of the some of the faults that i have with the movie is that it's it's all overall it's a little too like brief like it just seems a little um a, a little uh, um a little bit like just a just kind of guiding through it like not really not really enhancing the the mythology or the story or anything not not necessarily mm. building off of it but just literally a continuation of the first movie yeah and that was that was one of the things that kind of bummed me about it um cuz i was kind of hoping for more detail in it so how do you were, feel about the way, way were, it's a continuation were you hoping for more uh more of like a backstory on like the origin of the aliens no definitely not i was really looking for um an expansion of the world as it is now Mm -hmm. so we get a little bit of that like a very like sliver of that right but i was really i I, honestly it feels like i mean this is like a 97 minute movie and like around the one hour mark i like i actually looked at my phone discreetly so as not to (laughs) Uh, ruin the experience for my other uh theater going friends. Um, I was there alone, but there were other people. Good to know that common uh, courtesy has survived the pandemic. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we need that now more than ever. But um, <laughs> so I was a sheep in warm ass though. Um, anyway, so um, the uh, I looked and I was like, do this? Like I was sitting there thinking, like, did I misread? Because when. When I get a ticket from AMC, I add it to my calendar and it tells me like the begin- the start time and end time. 
And I'm like, did it really say that it was going to be over at 6.55? Because, <laughs> I mean, it feels like there's a lot of movie left. Right. And I have like 20 minutes left. So it kind of felt a little bit, uh, a little bit too brief. Like it could have, I could have very much taken like an extra half hour into that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. that's, that's a credit to Krasinski and mm. uh, how well he has crafted this, this world that, they all live in. I I agree, and I do appreciate the brisk pace, but I still would have like. There's I, I'll I'll dance around spoilers, but there is a a section that's probably probably the best and most frightening section of the movie for me, um, and it introduces like a whole like it hints at this whole like underlying thing going on or this whole. Like it, it introduces a, f- a handful of characters and the way that it plays out is so just terrifying mm-hmm. and to, to the film's credit, like it does all of this stuff through sound design and lack of sound or, or enhancing sound um, throughout it. And that really builds attention just beautifully and everything. But I really wish that there was more context to that. I wish that that was expanded more in terms of like telling us because like there's a line that's in the trailer where Killian Murphy's like there's no like the people who are left aren't worth saving. Mm -hmm. And like I kind of wish that we would have been shown that a little bit Um, because there's like a couple of different groups of people that I'll talk about that in spoilers. But it's I don't feel like it was it was. um. Uh, brought to the forefront as much as I would have liked it to be. Okay. Yeah. How do you I feel can, about that? I topic? can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my biggest issue, and I came to this realization afterwards, because like during the movie, I was just, uh, I was just enraptured pretty much. Mm-hmm. I was, I was glued to the screen. Nice. Um, but afterwards I figured my biggest uh, issues with it is that, I liked the set pieces, but I think they don't really hold up to scrutiny a whole lot, you know? Okay. Um, like, there's a set piece uh, involving uh, Noah Jupe's character mm-hmm. where he kind of goes off exploring, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like that was totally justified, you know? It was yes. just kind of in there to ramp up the tension, you know? Yeah, and there is a... The button to that scene mm-hmm. feels like it was not... It feels like there was a lot more story to that <laughs> that <laughs> yes, just yes, went yes. completely un, uh, uh, unanswered. Right, yeah. Um, plus, there's, there's one other set piece that really... Uh, rubbed me the wrong way a little bit more so, uh, which we can talk about in spoilers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I did have some issues with that, but overall, like the set pieces were great, the tension was great, mm-hmm. and like I, my fear going into it would, like I said, would be a repeat. Uh, both thematically and stylistically of the first one. Cause mm-hmm. it, I mean, it was a pretty, I mean, very quick turnaround time for the sequel. Oh yeah. Um, and I thought it was funny that before the movie, um, there was a, there was a clip from John Krasinski, 
uh, like promoing the movie or it may, it may have been like a TV spot or something, but he's just like, Oh, we did. I didn't even think that uh, there was no plan for any sequel or anything like <laughs> that. That was just not even on my radar, but you know, but we did it. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, <laughs> come on, John, <laughs> right. maybe sell the movie a little harder. Yeah, really. Um, but for that, even for that, like what they did without having a planned sequel or franchise or anything is respectful, respectable enough. But I think that there are some missing pieces and some uh, some aspects of it that should have been fleshed out a quite a quite a bit more um, if for, for my um, for my liking. But yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, rating out of five stars. Or... I gave it four. Okay, nice. Yeah. I, th- I think I gave it three and a half. Okay. Um, yeah. I uh, I also wanted to, I, I mean, we got to mention Emily Blunt is amazing yes. in this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just doing more of what she did the last time yeah. and uh, being awesome. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And the kids were really good in it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Killian Murphy. I, I love Killian Murphy. Yeah. Um, and there's some interesting stuff with, uh, that I'll, we'll talk about in spoilers. Cause I'm, I'm, I was really, uh, pretty taken with, with some of the structure of it in terms of, uh, comparing it to the first one. So, okay. All right. Shall we go into spoilers for a quiet place part two? Super quick. Yes. There's going to be a third one, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I mean, Hey, if they can make it work, I mean, yeah. it's not, uh, it's better to have some issues with it's better to have issues with a movie in terms of not being fleshed out enough for a 90 minute movie than it is to have problems with an over encumbered like two and a half hour movie uh, that has too much fleshed out or anything. So I don't know. It did leave me wanting, I guess. Is, are are you referring to a uh, a flesh eating movie a <laughs> uh, certain army of of a certain type of uh dead but um, yeah uh yeah i honestly i wasn't even intentionally making that but that is actually completely apt um yeah, pretty much uh yeah because for as much as i wasn't into or for as much as as many qualms which are pretty minimal in the grand scheme of things but as many criticisms of that as i have for a quiet place part two for not having fleshed out much of the world or anything further than what was established in a quiet place part one. Uh, I mean, it could have been so much worse because army of the dead was two and a half <laughs> hours of like completely just not interesting characterization yeah, at all. Not even trying to no, uh, no. do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the expanding the mythology. Yes, yes. Um, So, yeah, I don't, I didn't need answers on, like, where the aliens came from Mm -hmm. or, uh, like, we kind of get that and I'm okay with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't get answers on, like, how the rest of the world is doing. I guess we kind of do. But I I don't need, like, you know, check-ins on, the rest of the world and mm-hmm. uh i i was perfectly fine with um the i don't know i i was i was fine with those aspects of it like expanding i i'm okay with him expanding the cast of characters mm-hmm. i didn't need you know i i wasn't disappointed that he didn't you know try to 
span the rest of the country or the globe and right. check in with everyone. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Okay. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I was not totally disappointed in that regards. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we are going to dive into spoilers for Quiet Place Part 2. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, check the show notes for timestamps to skip to our Cruella review. While you do that, I'll play a clip from the trailer for Quiet Place Part 2. So uh, spoiler warning, spoilers on uh, after the break. I don't know why you came all the way up here. There's nothing left. So spoilers on for A Quiet Place Part 2. So Ben, I want to kind of circle back to talking about the prologue of the movie. Um, Do you, so they left it pretty vague, which I did appreciate um, what what they did with that, like the baseball scene Mm -hmm. um, when they had the whatever was in the sky. Did you interpret that as being the aliens arriving or like... Or what? Because I kind of thought that it was going to be like, oh, like a jetliner or something that mm. was going down because like an alien jumped up and killed it. Um, yeah, that was my initial read of it. Uh, mm. Because, I mean, that that fireball was just too big to be a jetliner, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. Um and so, and, and yeah, I don't need to know anything about mm-hmm. like where it's from, but, um, I, do, <laughs> uh, just a minor, like this, a, a small thing about it, but I, I did think it was funny that they went back to the scene, like the house scene, the basement scene. Um, cause one of the big things in the first movie that, um, I think I heard someone comment about this or make a comment about this and it always stood out to me anytime I watched it again. Cause I've seen the first one a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, since the first time. And it's because like on on John Krasinski's character's wall has all of the all of the like the de- the information and everything. And then like yeah. he writes out uh, like, what is the weakness? It's like, <laughs> does that really need to take up space on the whiteboard? <laughs> um, yeah. So they showed that again. I thought that was kind of funny. OK. Um, but yeah, so the introduction of uh, like, spoilers for the prologue and everything. How, how did you feel in more specific terms? If you have any further things, or we can go on to the main plot. Um, no, I mean, just it was uh, fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I liked uh, the kind of jump scare with mm-hmm. the uh, the cell phone going off. Yes, when that was they were good. in the bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I really like about it, and it's something that kind of, the, th- the thing that I really latched onto about, uh, this movie overall is the way that it separates the family. And that's evident from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, that prologue has, um, oh, uh, Emily Blunt and the two boys separated from John Krasinski and, uh, and, and, and the daughter. Mm-hmm. And I like that because, I mean, that mirrors the kind of climax of the movie where 
the daughter and Killian Murphy are on their little adventure, and then the son and, and Emily Blunt and the baby are on their little adventure. Yeah. So I kind of I I appreciate that um, in terms of just a narrative structure, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. So in spoilers, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, I think um, the only things that kind of bugged me were the uh the set pieces some of them like like i said the one with no jupe where he goes wandering around and uh there's the uh the baby is running out of oxygen mm-hmm. i was riveted while it was happening but mm-hmm. when i looked back at it i kind of eh, i wasn't as impressed because i was just like like why why does he need to go out and do this? What is his goal? Yeah. What is he doing? I, He's just going out to I don't know, not sit around the, even though his leg is uh, that bothered me. Yeah. Because the I mean, it, even from the like the bear trap thing, that that was terrifying oh, yeah. and and awesome. And then immediately after that it's like like she, like Emily Blunt's talking to Killian Murphy, and I'm like, your son needs medical attention. <laughs> like he needs to, like this needs to be addressed and everything. But no, they're talking about like, oh, the you know the world is ended and everything. And I'm just like, what the like? Come on, tend to your child. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, my interpretation or my my read of him wandering out, uh, was that he was looking for his mom. Like he was just like mm. looking for like, like he didn't think that she was coming back. Yeah, or, or was... maybe just like. I maybe maybe this is me projecting a little bit, but like maybe he just wanted to see. He wanted to look and see if she was out there or if she was coming back or in okay. within line of sight. Because mm-hmm. the situation was so dire with the oxygen almost completely out or completely out that he would need something. But um, but uh, the best laid plans of mice and men um, and that kid. <laughs> um, but the thing that I re- that really bothered me about it that I I didn't really understand. Um, was when he pulls the curtain back and he sees presumably Killian Murphy's dead wife yes. decomposed and everything. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if we were supposed to get the impression that he that Killian Murphy like killed her or was like yeah. not being truthful with them about how she died. That's because from what I remember when he was telling uh, telling them about his his wife's death she was he was talking about how she was sick at home yeah and then and he i i maybe i forget but it mm-hmm. sounded like he had left her there that's what the impression that i got too or that it was kind of a little vague but he left her there to, to right. go Which, to sanctuary i guess if i was carting around my dead wife i'd probably yeah. not want to go out and you know uh proclaim that to everyone yeah but, but that's also yeah. the problem because that served no purpose in the movie yeah like whatsoever and like being a fan of killian murphy i was kind of wondering if there was going to be like another shoe dropping kind of thing where it's going to be like oh he's with he's with the daughter and then we're going to get a reveal that oh he's actually like a fucked up person or something yeah. and that he's a, he's a, a dangerous mm-hmm. but he's not like he's he's fine <laughs> right um so that just i don't know i that really did not sit well with me and i think my kind of rationalization of that or my my kind of i don't know i if i could make an excuse for the movie is that i think by design the movie is kind of structured as literally as a part 2 it's a continuation mm-hmm. it's cuz cuz it ends even more abruptly than the first movie did mm-hmm. 
which was super frustrating to me. And like this felt like it was like episode two of a TV series. Okay. Um, like the pilot episode was A Quiet Place Part One, and then this was episode two. And and we're just kind of left wanting a little bit more. And I, I don't know. It's I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think I like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How'd you feel about the kind of the the way the plot unfurled and and what was missing and what was not missing? Um I yeah, I think if I had any complaints about the ending here it would be how much it does mirror the end of the first one. Yeah. Uh, Which I really liked the end of the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was, I I guess, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I didn't think at the time that it was all that abrupt. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, yeah, I I think I would have liked uh, more time in this one, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I don't think it's a huge detriment to it, you know. Um the the other set piece thing that kind of bothered me um and maybe this is getting a little too far ahead but uh the end when Killian Murphy and uh Millicent Simmons mm-hmm. the the daughter um are on the island mm-hmm. and Killian Murphy discovers that the monsters have somehow taken a boat and yes. gotten to this island. That I was actually okay with. Um, okay, because because they showed them on the boat, like they showed right. the boat. So I I could suspend my disbelief with that. But but yeah. Anyway. But how did they propel themselves to the island? <laughs> I that's I would yeah I don't know. Since I guess it's just floating. It, it's been established <laughs> that they cannot swim. Right or. I don't know. Maybe they learned how to paddle. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I would say that they probably just drifted there, which I, I guess that's fine. I guess enough time does pass that it's, it's plausible. I yeah. Guess. But also, um, <laughs> but also I feel like we should probably not nitpick it too much. Cause this is literally a world where, <laughs> uh, if it was real, like anyone who shits would be, dead within a second pretty much um yeah. yeah i no i i'm not uh complaining too much because mm-hmm. yeah that the the end when the monster is chasing them that was awesome yeah. oh yeah uh, and the scene in the radio tower yes was awesome oh yeah when killian murphy is running across the 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 lawn or the the whatever the mm-hmm. land the backyard yeah. um that it, it was interesting because like the whole movie i'm like this is this is similar to 28 days later this feels like 28 days later and seeing him run weirdly enough reminded me of 28 uh weeks later hmm. um with oh my god what is the actor's name uh robert carlisle um the beginning of that movie and i was just like this is this is a weird kind of weird thing but um haven't seen it oh interesting there so the beginning of 28 weeks later is Robert Carlyle uh running from a boat to a house to uh save some people. Okay. Or running away. I was uh I just was so like it it's again to Krasinski's credit that he gets us so immersed in this world where I was so conflicted, I guess, when he was running towards these people and yelling i was Mm -hmm. almost like 
no, don't yell. But then how else would they, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, they they were all going to get killed anyway, I guess. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Just a really cool set piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of bummed that Jaimon Hansu died so quickly. Me too. I was That was pretty unceremonious. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he's, you know, the only black guy in the movie, pretty much. Uh, that's Well, the police officer at the beginning. Oh, right. Yeah. But he also... Died pretty quickly. Died pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I... Another kind of thing about kind of the pacing of the movie is that, I mean, by the time he came... Like, by the time we are introduced to his character, I'm like, there's like 15 minutes left of the mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> like, I mean, structure it a little bit better, I think. But... Um, can we talk about the, uh, the, the evil people, uh, on the dock? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So what'd you think of them? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought that that's, that section was staged pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I liked how it played out. Yeah. Um, good tension, good, uh, uh, good staging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and a, a good yeah. callback with, uh, from the opening scene with the sign language. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was, that was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. when it, when it happened, I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Cause I knew that it was going to come into play at some point, mm-hmm. but, um, and I can't remember uh, in, in the opening scene when he asked about diving, were they referring to like diving as in baseball? Yeah. Diving for home plate. Yeah. yeah. Which that's. You don't dive in the home plate. Yeah, most of the time. slide, you slide in the home. Plate. Yeah, so I don't know, or maybe take a dive. I don't. I don't know. I don't <laughs> remember. But, um, but that I felt was really moody and really just atmospheric and creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it just left me kind of wanting a little bit more. It left me kind of thinking like I wanted. I want more of this. I want more of mm-hmm. like them dealing with like crazy people who want to kill them and everything and and do horrible things um it, yeah i mean yeah. it is totally believable that there are uh crazy people even in a world like this um i was reminded of like the movie the road have mm-hmm. you seen that yeah with uh vigo mortensen yes yeah. uh and how there would definitely be you know raiders or mm-hmm. whatever uh just people like that in this world that just want to fuck shit up and yeah uh, yeah. And I really liked the, I thought it was really clever the way that they kind of trap killing Murphy to separate him, uh, yeah. tying the thing around his neck to have the, you know, sound and everything. Yes. And just the way that he, yeah, the way that he took out the guy with that, like that was just really cool. I I was <laughs> really, really into that moment. Yes. Um, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, and and again, I think the twenty eight days later aspect of it for me. You've seen twenty eight days later, later, have yes. you? Okay, like when they introduce like this other group of people, I'm like, oh, this is like the army men in in twenty days later. Like, okay, this is gonna like even though it would be derivative, I would still be into it, but it it didn't go really anywhere thematically. But mm. um, the radio station thing that was cool. Um, yeah, I, I and. Kind of just overall, oh, that was the thing I wanted to talk about. Um, well, I think I already talked about it. <laughs> they're separated. <laughs> uh, they're mirroring the climax in the beginning. 
but I like the way that like the climax of the movie with them facing the two uh, the two monsters separate yeah. from each other. It's the kids doing that. The kids having their their kind of uh, coming of age, their rite of passage to destroy this monster mm-hmm. uh, while uh, the adults kind of sit there and look at them and be like, Whoa, what's, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah. yeah. So Refresh yeah. my memory. Did Killian Murphy dies, right? No, he survives. Oh, okay. Yeah, his leg gets all mangled and so does... Uh, um, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt's. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, her, her leg at least gets punctured. I remember that. Yeah, and she his, gets she gets fucked up pretty bad. Yeah, and his was kind of weird because like he dives through the window when the sound starts amplifying and the monsters coming, in, and then mm-hmm. like the next shot, it's like his leg is completely just bloody as all hell. Hmm. It's like he didn't really connect for me, but that's a nitpick at best. Okay. Um, yeah. So, any other thoughts on? A Quiet Place Part 2, because I just remembered we have to do Corella. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I just, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I am excited for Part 3, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm very curious if they will actually um, expand on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wonder uh, if if they're going to tie it to like how well it does financially. Yeah, yeah, I'm very curious how that's going to turn out, honestly. No, I think I read this is coming to Paramount Plus soon. Oh, int- I right? think I saw a headline or something. Okay. I want to say in like 45 days after re- release or something. I don't that know. That sounds right. Because it's a Paramount release, so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ooh, neat. Well, we'll see. Um, so I guess that's our review of A Quiet Place Part 2, currently in theaters. Um, and uh, yeah, so shall we go on to our um, review of Cruella? Sure. Okay. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and review uh, Cruella, which is in theaters and on Disney Plus with premium or premiere access um, uh, on May 28th. And uh, the, yeah, the plot summary is, as such, a a live-action feature film uh, following a young Cruella de Vil. Um, This movie stars Emma Stone as Estella slash Cruella, uh, Emma Thompson as the Baroness, uh, Joel Fry as Jasper, and Paul Walter Hauser as Horace, and uh, directed by Craig Gillespie and written by... Dana Fox, uh, Tony McNamara, with story by credits by uh, a bunch of different people I'm not going to name. <laughs> so, uh, so Ben, we both watched this movie, and um, first, uh, kind of similar to our Quiet Place Part 2 review, what is your kind of history with 101 Dalmatians and the <laughs> kind of the lore of Cruella de Vil and the canon of Disney villains? Um, I had considered watching 101 Dalmatians before this, but mm-hmm. didn't think it was really all that necessary. And I'm yeah. glad that I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it would have helped at all. Um, I think, I I feel like I watched 101 Dalmatians uh, either during or after school, uh, okay. like at school. Um, now, in, are we talking the animated version or the live yes. action with Glenn Close? Okay. Uh, 
I rem- I have memories of the animated one. I'm, uh, but it was, I mean, I was in grade school around the time of the Glenn Close version too, mm-hmm. so could have been both. I don't know. Um, but I want to say it was around like third grade or something when this, when we watched it and I am confident that I have not watched it since. Okay. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I've, I've never, I I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm not a huge Disney person. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, I know I've, I've seen it and I remember, you know, the basics of it, but I, couldn't tell you anything specific yeah i'm i'm kind of the same i honestly well honestly i don't know if i ever watched 101 dalmatians to completion Hmm. um my mom was a huge disney fan growing up and Mm -hmm. everything um but so i know that i probably saw it in the periphery of my childhood yeah but i uh, i mean i i i also kind of wanted to watch them actually to be completely honest um my plan uh was to watch at least the animated version or the glenn close version uh today after work mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh i made it, it was better but then i screwed up your plans and made you go see a quiet place part uh, two <laughs> no it probably enhanced my plans quite a bit actually <laughs> Um, because the the next question i'm gonna ask is how do you feel about the live action remake or or the Mm. trend for uh, really let's let's narrow it down to the trend of uh prequels or uh standalone movies featuring villain characters uh, their origin story how do Mm -hmm. you feel about that in the disney canon because honestly i haven't i think i've actively avoided pretty much all of them yeah (laughs) or all of the ones and that have come out in general um how do you feel about this trend uh i really could do without it um mm-hmm. as like i said as much of a uh Dis- non-disney person as i am i uh avoid those as much as i can um and to to back up a little bit i might eventually watch the 1961 dalmatian 101 dalmatians again okay for an upcoming project yes. which I may or may not be announcing later tonight. Nice Question mark. Nice. Um, okay, awesome. <laughs> uh but anyway, <laughs> um I f- feel like I've only I've seen the Beauty and the Beast a couple times. Okay. And that one's fine. Mm-hmm. Um I barely paid attention to the Aladdin one. Mm-hmm. Um and I only watched Mulan last year, I think because it was an Oscar nominee. Oh, uh, yeah. Although I don't know if it was at the time that I watched it, but mm-hmm. yeah, the I I know there have been more, but I uh, those are the only ones that I can recall seeing off the top of my head. Yeah, and in terms of like the villain ones, like Maleficent was one. Oh yeah, yeah. And there oh. was a snow. There was like. Snow White, Snow White movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly, I couldn't care less about that trend either. Like, yeah. because I, I don't know what the appeal of that is. Like, if you have a villain character, I, I just don't understand the appeal of it's, it's Disney wanting to 
appeal to uh grown kids you know teenagers yeah i guess and i guess kind of milk that kind of anti-hero fad i guess yeah um because i don't I don't think that it even even under the under the guise of Disney and like the fluffiness of Disney and everything. I don't think that the villain characters or any villain characters need to have like, frankly, have any human qualities (laughs) like (laughs) human. Like I don't need them to be. I don't need the. I don't need to know the drive for Cruella Deville to to become Cruella Deville. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I just I think it's it's just a weird cash in kind of thing. Yeah. Um so on that note, how did you feel about <laughs> Cruella in um, non spoilers? I had very little desire to watch this, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, um uh, until like I got an access to a screener pretty right. much. Um I definitely was not going to pay thirty dollars. No, no, to watch no, 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 no. And <laughs> I texted you this like, "It's good, <laughs> but I will be personally mad at you if you pay thirty dollars to yep. watch this." Yeah, because um, it is as warm as I was on it. I like. I still would not pay thirty dollars. Oh it. yeah. Oh yeah. And like, and you said that you weren't even sure how it worked and everything. And like, yeah. basically. For the listener, if you don't understand what the premiere access is, is basically the movie is on Disney Plus. It will have a release after the theatrical window on Disney Plus for free or with your subscription and everything. The $30 for premiere access is to unlock it in your Disney Plus account. So Mm -hmm. you will have access to watch it before while it's in its theatrical run, which I get that appeal and I understand if you have like a household with numerous like kids and everything that I could see it being justified if like your trip to the movie theater would be 60 or a hundred dollars at the end of the day. But for me as a single, a single dude who has no (laughs) kids and lives alone, I would never pay $30 for premiere access or theater at home kind of experience. Like uh, Raya and the last dragon is coming to free Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I think in June. Sounds right. Uh, or soon, anyway. So, mm-hmm. and it just came out in what, like March or something? So, yeah. you don't have to wait that long uh, to, to check it out. I would, I think I would pay, you know, 10 bucks or whatever to see this in the theater. Yeah. I think oh, it'd yeah. be a good, yeah. it'd be worth it. I would use an a an a list uh, a list <laughs> ticket for it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, of the like Disney live action movies, uh, I think this is probably the best one. I honestly, I would say so too. I haven't seen all of them, but mm-hmm. I mean, compared to, I think the most recent one I saw was The Lion King, and mm. I mean, this was Ugh. this was better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Ugh. Something that I kind of felt. I understand the tone that they were going for. I understand that completely, but I feel like they really overdid it with the with the needle drops of oh, yeah. like Ugh. pop like pop and punk music and stuff and like It was very frequent and yes. very unnecessary. Yes, very frequent, unnecessary and just distracting. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was just distracting. And like I can think off the top of my head of only one 
that actually made sense because it was like played like she was playing that music. She was playing it in in the scene. Right. Everything else was just like, okay, this is like we get it, Disney. You have money <laughs> to buy the rights to this to, to license this music for this yeah. movie. Um and I get it that they were going for that kind of punk rock kind of motif and that kind of period appropriate punk rock kind of thing, but man, it was just every single scene that they had music in it had to be something that was noticeable and mm-hmm. some like some like popular song. So yeah, yeah, and I say this in my review, like when you do a needle drop, uh it's the the point of it is to I, I think of this, I, I think Scorsese said this, mm. it's to bring to light something that is not evident on the screen. Yes. And it's at no point does it do this. Mm-hmm. Does it do that it, in this movie? <laughs> it uh it is as as Marty would say, I'm sure it, it is supposed to uh to give to give the audience shelter. Um because he doesn't he he uses Gimme Shelter like in every fucking movie, doesn't he? Oh, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I hope that I hope that, that joke lands. <laughs> but um yeah. Uh, but otherwise I, I would just be comfortably numb. <laughs> I did see uh a couple uh reviews that did kind of compare the director uh Craig Gillespie mm-hmm. to Scorsese. Oh, interesting. Um, but and and I do think there is, and I again I mentioned this in my review. Um, there's a shot that really impressed me, uh, maybe a third of the way through, where Emma Stone is working at this boutique, and it's this tracking shot that goes from the roof oh, down yeah. through this boutique store, hmm. and it goes down through the hallways and through the basements and the sub-basements and everything, hmm. and it shows all the people that are working there, and it ends on her uh, scrubbing the toilet. And I was really hmm. impressed with that. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of the uh, Goodfellas right. tracking shot. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. uh, I can understand that, but... Uh, I think that's kind of where the Scorsese comparison stop. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Scorsese has used Gimme Shelter alone in three films. Um, so <laughs> I, that joke landed. Uh, Goodfellas Casino and The Departed. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That that uh, that sidetrack there was just a shot away. Um, but anyway. Um, so, yeah. And I, I didn't even really connect it to that. Uh, I didn't think of that tracking shot as as Scorsese-esque. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, then again, the screener froze like halfway through this. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, the other kind of big thing that I kind of took issue with or wasn't really that invested with it was that this felt like, uh, it, it felt, and maybe it's because of the kind of uh, punkish kind of tone and, and the design and everything, but it felt like, the Disney Disney's the Disney's Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, and it, I could not separate the story of Cruella, like Cruella's rise as, as the villain of Cruella DeVille. I could not separate that from like a Batman super villain. Cause she has this alter ego and like her alter ego is like, kind of like has that look of flamboyant. Like, 
Yeah, like mm-hmm. like in and also kind of subdued it's, like glasses and like it's almost different hair. Like with her hairstyle, like she has two faces. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh and it also uh it reminded me of uh what was it? Is it Kim ba- Basinger in one of the Tim Burton Batmans uh playing Poison Ivy? I don't uh, know if it was Kim Basinger, but that's uh n- well, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I just remember um that it was like just actively trying to dress her down in mm. in that movie, and that's what I got the impression of here with uh um yeah uh with with Cruella's uh-huh. alter ego. Um, I'm trying to find that it was Batman and Robin, I think. Wow, yeah, that it was Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. That's right. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it just it it felt just a little too. I I don't know. Um uh just kind of kind of cookie cutter for a certain type of anti-hero story. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I yeah. I will say I liked Emma Stone and I liked Emma Thompson and I liked mm-hmm. their kind of back and forth kind of rivalry push pull kind of thing. Yeah. Uh those scenes were pretty fun. I I liked it too with with an asterisk. Um just because it felt like okay, this is I, it, it kind of, and granted, this isn't a fair comparison because I haven't seen 101 Dalmatians all the way through. So mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with the classic Cruella de Vil, but like, I kind of feel like, okay, this is just, this is just Emma Stone going up against Cruella de Vil and then becoming Cruella de Vil. Like, it just felt a little too, I don't know, have your cake and eat it too, I, I guess. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it just kind of felt a little dry to me. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. How, so, so yeah, their dynamic worked for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I liked uh, the ways that Emma Stone continued to like try to one up her, and you yeah. kind of you kind of buy that uh, Emma Stone. Um, she doesn't. Well, she doesn't just outright hate her, right? I guess the the impetus for her rivalry with her, yeah, that was where the movie kind of started to kind of click together for me a little bit, because up until that point, it's like, okay, this is just this is just kind of a this is this is just a someone who wants to work in fashion, mm-hmm. not working in fashion and working under a a, a, a very uh, shitty boss mm-hmm. um and then when that connection kind of comes up it's like oh okay okay this is this is pretty this is pretty solid this yeah. is good and then the development the way it de- devolves from that or evolves from that um was pretty satisfying to me um really and we'll talk more about that in spoilers but but yeah um yeah uh to kind of go along with that this is a movie that is Two hours and fifteen minutes long. Yeah, absolutely does not need to be that long. No, it. I mean, even if it's even if it was really diving into that character, which I wouldn't expect like a live action Disney prequel movie mm-hmm. to do. I, it doesn't need that. It doesn't like if it is if it is supposed to be Disney's Joker. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least do something more meaningful than than. Uh, what we got, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. It just, yeah, I agree. It did not need to be that long. Yeah, which kind of calls into question, like, who is this movie for? Because it's definitely right. not for kids. Yeah, and I don't know if any like teenagers mm-hmm. are gonna sit around for 
two hours and 15 minutes to yeah. watch a Cruella DeVille movie. Yeah. I, I guess know. just the fans of 101 Dalmatians all grown up, <laughs> like, like you said. I guess. But it's still, like, it didn't, I, I don't know. It just, I didn't feel like it really earned um, my attention. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like you said, Emma Stone, Emma Thompson were really good. What did, what did you think of... Um, uh, the Paul Walter Hauser and the other guy as the kind of um, sidekick characters. Um, it's Joel uh, Fry. Joel I Fry. Yep. Yeah. And Paul Walter Hauser. I'm a huge fan of Paul Walter Hauser. Yes. Um, I think he's fantastic. I think he did a really, really good accent. Um, mm-hmm. but ultimately, I think those characters were just too flat, and some of the yeah. comedy didn't land for me. Yeah, uh, and I liked him as well in I, Tanya, which... Uh, oh, yeah, Craig, Craig Gillespie. Gillespie. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah I, was, I was fine with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care for... Uh, there's a, a kind of a subplot in, like, the third act, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, where they kind of, like, turn on Emma Stone, and yeah. I, I didn't care for that. It was kind of unnecessary and not believable i agree yeah um, and and it just felt like it it felt like it was unearned and unresolved even mm -hmm. um it just didn't feel like it was it didn't really go anywhere it just felt like it was just uh light conflict for um for the sake of having for the sake of it yeah yeah um do you want to go into spoilers for cruella sure Okay, so we are going to go into spoilers for Cruella. If you haven't seen it, go check it out or come back uh, and and come back and listen to it. But I'm going to play a clip from the trailer to get us uh, into the spoiler section. So once we come back from the trailer, we are going to spoil Cruella. She thought she owned everyone. That's foolish. Unhinged. Well, you'll find why are you speaking? I think you licked me. But there's something about poetic justice that's just so poetic. You won't admit you love me. And so, how do you have a light? To know you always tell me. Get her. This doesn't have to be a scene. It really, really does. Can I remind you all that I'm doing this in heels? Oops. What was your name? Cruella. All right, spoilers on for Cruella. Um, so Ben, the first thing I kind of want to bring up in spoilers is the opening, the opening segment with her mother um, being, you know, uh, killed by the dogs. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, I kind of felt like the CGI of the dogs running after her was. For the rest of the mm-hmm. movie, like the visual effects were fine, but there I was like, "Whoa, this is this is not looking good." <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't the greatest. No, but I did kind of like that they went there, though. That mm-hmm. um, I mean, I was kind of surprised, and then I was kind of I kind of laughed it off. Like I I kind of felt like it was it was too far out of left field. Um, so I don't know. How'd you feel about that plot element? I um, I kind of liked it because i kind of figured that well i liked it at the time and then as the film went on i kind of didn't like it as much Mm -hmm. and 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 only because i kind of was thinking that they were using the dalmatians as kind of a explanation for why 
she would eventually want to murder a bunch of Dalmatians. That, yeah. But that is (laughs) ultimately not really the case. And that question never really, at least I don't think, really ever gets answered. Plus, plot hole, there was only three of them. (laughs) And I think it was missing about 98. Yeah. Yeah, 98. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, but the way that the reveal that I was most surprised by actually was the uh, the dog whistle reveal that revealed that oh uh, yeah the Baroness killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really surprising and uh, effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, how did you feel about the, just the trajectory of their relationship and everything? Because it's revealed at the end of the movie that she's her biological mother. Yeah. Which felt pretty. Uh, intense (laughs) and a little bit of a whiplash moment (laughs) yeah i didn't need it yeah i i agree and it's a weird i kind of feel like it's a weird um uh, a weird kind of connection to draw It's, it's i think it's just the movie trying to uh figure out a way for her to win and get all of this stuff oh, at this yeah. house and this uh, this company or whatever. Yeah. An easy uh, way to get an inheritance and yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, I, that that it it also felt like to me that it kind of felt like a, a rationale for like oh okay well she had a really good mother mm-hmm. um but let's make her biological mother this evil person that's basically Cruella Deville senior mm-hmm. and that'll justify her becoming Cruella Deville and i'm just like okay i i don't like that's that's putting a little too much work on yourself to to connect <laughs> it to a villain when Honestly, the movie didn't need to be made in the first place. Yeah. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know. Um, but the performances were good also. Um, <laughs> like Emma Stone was, Emma Stone had a blast in this movie. Yes. From what I could tell. I, I don't uh, think I would put it like at or near the top of her best performances. No. But no. she was good. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. She delivered. She yeah. did what she needed to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so there was also there's a lot in this movie. <laughs> um cuz there's also the the not faking the death but leaving her for dead kind of plot line where Cruella is is uh left for dead and then comes back uh like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> um that kind of felt the the movie kind of toys with darkness and yes. a dark tone, and it kind of achieves it uh, to the extent that a Disney live action movie can. But it it was kind of I don't know it kind of just felt a little a little uh, I guess out of character. Yeah, it's rated PG thirteen. That's um, right. Yeah, I uh, I think I think I say this in my review mm-hmm. that. Like, there is definitely a PG version of this. Oh, yeah. That would suck so bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I I think it would be kind of interesting to b- have an R-rated mm-hmm. Disney origin, villain origin story. But I'm fine with, you know, how dark it is here, I guess. Yeah, I... Uh... I won't agree with you that <laughs> like I don't I don't need an R-rated villain movie. <laughs> but 
I, I and I didn't need this movie, but I, I don't know. It's it's something. Um, yes, it is. I don't necessarily regret watching it, but I, I mean, I think it was fine. I think uh, one thing that I forgot to bring up in non spoilers: mm-hmm. the costumes in this are fantastic. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's weird that like it's it takes place in the fashion world, mm-hmm. and like I have no, uh, I obviously have no stake in that or anything. But please, you've got a fine. I know, brown, brown t-shirt, faded bugle uh, boy shirt that I've had for like ten years. Black shorts, black shorts, man. And yeah, <laughs> I am. I am a tastemaker. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just I thought that 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 lended a certain aesthetic appeal to it, especially in like the like the punk rock scene where she's singing and everything. But also at times, I couldn't divorce myself from that kind of Batman villain story kind mm. of idea because like when the, when she brings the dumpster and dumps all the all the um dresses on the ground and then comes out in her big thing yeah and like they flash the this was a really cool effect where she's in like white black and white or like a black and white dress and then they the flash of photography reveals it to be red and white I think um that was really cool just a brief thing but I kept thinking like this feels like like this feels like this feels like it's more at home in like a Tim Burton Gotham kind of aesthetic. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know. It just, I kind of kept making those comparisons. Okay. Um, I, I just, uh, I was really impressed not only with the look of it, but it, you really, uh, feel like Cruella is this kind of like protege or, uh, uh, visionary fashion mm-hmm. designer, someone who is kind of destined to do this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I was impressed with the look of it and mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and the production design as well was yeah. pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. And that, uh, kind of set piece with the dress that had the, I don't know what, what they were like locusts maybe. Oh, uh, the... I thought they were moths probably because moths eat, clothes oh yeah that makes sense uh sure we'll say that um (laughs) but i thought that was really pretty clever honestly yeah yeah that was pretty cool um and to your point of saying like it's it is what it is i think it is kind of saved by uh craig gillespie who -hmm. directed it because i feel like any other kind of disney person uh that they could have just filled the role yeah could have made this so much less interesting oh you know? totally yeah so i'm i'm glad that he had the style uh mm. to do it and uh was able to give it a sense of fun yeah you know yeah i agree um and i did like the it kind of did feel like a little bit disjointed in terms of tone because mm-hmm. Like the like the murder plot and the uh like her murdering her her mother and uh leaving her for dead and just like the the dark tone of all of that and the the um faking the death at the end and everything all of that is super dark and then you have like Paul Walter Hauser as a as a exterminator with the dog dressed up like a rodent mm-hmm. running around the mansion and everything <laughs> it's like that there's like this weird disconnect or there's this weird 
kind yeah, of it kind of goes into tone. heist movie mode for a scene or two. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like Disney-fied heist movie, and then you also have, you know, uh, Emma Stone being tied to a chair in a burning building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just kind of a weird, uh, a weird juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, what did you think of her final kind of piece of revenge or the PSD resistance? Um, with the cliff thing. With her uh, knowing that she was knowing that Emma Thompson was going to throw her off the cliff and planning, yeah, um, only to be reborn as Cruella Deville. Uh, Logistically speaking, it kind of raises some questions. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Uh, but I don't know. It was a fine way to wrap it up, I guess. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, Yeah. Um, Do we have anything else to really say about Cruella? Um. I can't remember if there was really anything else I wanted to talk about. Uh, um, I don't know. Did yeah. you watch the uh, the mid credits scene? I did. Yeah, yeah. And sure. Sure. That song is from One Hundred and One Dalmatians? Question mark. I'll take your word for it. Sure. Your very unsure word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say that the idea of her giving gifts of Dalmatian puppies to people is. Mm really really like the most villainy thing that she could have done like just giving a puppy as a gift is a horrible idea she's a monster exactly oh yeah um so yeah so overall thoughts use what did you rate it did you rate it three and a half stars uh i think i did initially i Mm. think i might have taken it down to three gotcha I think I had it at three stars, but I was very, very close to doing two and a half. Can um, it, yeah. just super quick? Can mm-hmm. we talk about the uh, eye rolling uh, moment where she uh, adopts her own uh, last name, kind of like uh, in Han- the Han Solo movie? Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no easy way to do that. There, I guess there's but... really not. And then I feel Ugh. for Paul Walter Hauser because he has to say the line like it's spelled like Devil, but it's yeah. Deville. It's like okay, come on. Ugh. Yeah, it's just it's really. Eh, I don't. know. I guess it had to happen contractually, yeah, but I ugh. guess whatever. Um, yeah. It's just, it's so weird. Like, just the overall concept of it. Like, you have a villain character <laughs> in 101 Dalmatians named Cruella DeVille, which is a, a fun little pun. Uh, it's like, it's a play on, like, Cruel Devil. Like, that's that's cute. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I will <laughs> When I was a kid and I realized that, I was like, wow, that is the most clever thing ever. <laughs> but to actually give, like, an origin to that and, and do a whole origin story, it's like, who like who's asking for it? Right. It's just uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. So I think I rated two or I three and a, three stars. Um. It's fine. Not worth the three. The th- I almost said three hundred. Um. Not worth the thirty dollars. But no. Yeah. But when it's free, I mean, you can throw it on for like an hour and a half, and then <laughs> turn it off and never return to it. Um. Yeah. So that's our review of Cruella. Um. <laughs> uh. That is. It uh did you want to talk briefly about indie film fest or should we wrap it up? Yeah, sure. Let's talk. Okay, sweet. So instead of potpourri, we're going to kind of close down the episode with a discussion about or talk about indie film fest, which concluded its run in on March 19th. Um they did a hybrid 
movie theater, uh, drive-in theater and virtual screening, uh, thing. And, um, I was fortunate enough to get to, to have a pass and we both got press press credentials for it. And, uh, and I was also a juror for the American spectrum, uh, category. So I watched a bunch of features and shorts in that category and everything. And they just announced the winners today, which I don't know. I'll put a link in the show notes. We don't have to run down each winner or anything, but I will say that the American Spectre uh, ones that I was a voting juror on uh, the feature that one was the catch, which was a pretty good, pretty good movie that I know Ben you saw as well. We can yes. talk about it. Um, and then the short was David, correct, which was a fantastic short directed by Zach Woods of The Office and starring uh, William Jackson Harper and uh, Will Ferrell. Um, uh yeah the yeah. the catch also uh actually won the grand jury award too oh nice so, yeah sweet yeah uh that was good um do you want to talk about the catch sure okay um yeah the catch uh I had actually I was on the screening team last year for Indie Film Fest nice. and I remembered fairly quickly after I uh started watching it this year mm-hmm. i remembered watching it uh already because <laughs> it looked very familiar yeah. um for context the the plot summary is a woman returns to her estranged family and reconnects with a former lover when the robbery they planned goes awry she must choose between abandoning her family again or taking responsibility for the chaos she's created uh so how'd you feel about it uh yeah i uh i was really impressed it's a good little you know, uh, northeastern seaside uh, crime movie. Yeah, that uh, is, I guess, its own genre now. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, good performances, good mm. story. Uh, really, just not much bad to say that I can yeah. think of. Really yeah. good atmosphere because mm-hmm. of that setting and everything, and it's it's kind of unforgiving for the for the character i guess um it's doesn't it puts the characters into tricky situations that is uh that that made for pretty good uh pretty good viewing yes so, yeah um i'm glad it got it the movie that i was most excited about in that section uh in the american spectrum that i voted for emphatically hmm. was inspector ike um, oh yeah which <laughs> it that is such a fun movie. <laughs> oh yes. Um, like I when I was watching it, I texted you and was like, Hey, I don't know what your time frame is or anything, but if you can if you can squeeze in watching Inspector Ike, watch it. <laughs> um so the plot summary is after the conniving understudy of an avant garde theater group knocks off the star actor, he finds himself in a high stakes game game of cat and mouse with Inspector Ike, New York City's greatest police detective. And this is such an awesome movie. <laughs> it is it is just absolutely my style of comedy. It's this kind of like alternative comedy, like kind of anti-humor kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you you had uh I think you made this comparison when yeah. you texted me about it. That it's like uh the movie Greener Grass from yes. 2019. I think so, yeah, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh which I love that movie. Uh me too. I saw it at Heartland that year. Me and too. um yes. Definitely yeah. kind of in that same vein. Kind of, of surrealist humor. Like adults swim kind of uh yes. very dry, mm. very weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
Um, yeah, it it is such it is so much fun. Like there's a there's a there's a there's a scene. So just to kind of um give a a brief example to the type of humor that this movie had, uh the like uh the culprit of the movie is the the aforementioned understudy is planning to kill the star of this theater company and to create an alibi he takes his girlfriend uh-huh. um to <laughs> to an 8 hour play <laughs> that is just people living their lives for yeah. 8 hours two guys on stage yes. as like working at a pizza joint or yes. something yeah and then like he <laughs> he, he is Basically, uh, he's he's like offering her like warm milk and a big turkey leg, <laughs> yeah, and a blanket and everything, so that she'll fall asleep so he can go do the murder. Yes, and it is, it is that kind of absurdist, kind of silly, silly surrealism played so straight and earnestly mm-hmm. that is just it. It is hysterical to me. Yes, and I absolutely loved that movie. Yeah, there um, were yeah. there were several moments where I. I was just cracking up. Um, There's, uh, there's one that I can remember where uh, Inspector Ike is like, I forget what he finishes doing, but Mm -hmm. he like, there's, there's a bunch of papers or something on his desk and he just takes his arm and just wipes him off the table (laughs) and just, it just comes out of nowhere. And I just thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the scene where he's talking to the two, uh, the two patrol, the the oh, officers, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I think I'm detecting something. Are you guys <laughs> together?" And then like they're sitting on each other's laps and stuff. It's so silly and yes. weird. There oh. were there were a lot of funny moments between them. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, it was it was it was so much fun. I, I I adored it. So that was my that was my top pick for everything that I saw at uh, Indie Film Fest. Um, yeah, I Inspector hope it I. gets some some kind of distribution or me is... too. I hope that it gets some kind of release soon. Me too. It's it's worth it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Any other standouts? Did you want to talk about Dave? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, you, you already talked about it in an episode in Potpourri, but yeah. Anyway, I saw it and I liked yeah, it. Yeah. Curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, uh, I saw it and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really good. Um, the uh the kind of comedy of it was pretty good, and uh, yeah, I like all I like the two actors in it, so mm-hmm. it was good. Um, yeah, it and I think I had mentioned this when I brought it up. It's kind of like an like an SNL sketch, yeah, uh, extended a little bit, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it starts out just so serious and then just gets sillier and weirder. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, I I liked uh, Will Ferrell and mm. William Jackson Harper, and me too. Um, just the way it all plays out is really funny. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there was another short in the American Spectrum block that was uh, um, All Alone in April. Did you end up seeing that? I know I watched all of the blo- the shorts in that comedy block. But okay. I, mm, describe this it to me if you can. Yeah, I don't think it would me. have been in that one. I think it was just in the, the American Spectrum. Oh, okay. Um, it is a quarantine short film. That is uh, this woman alone in a house with like a gas mask and everything and filmed during the quarantine and everything. Hmm. But it's basically like a love story 
where she meets and falls in love with a, uh, I think a delivery person. Um, and the thing that I really appreciated about it is that it's the kind of story. So like the plot summary is a lonely widow quarantines alone as the apocalypse occurs right outside her window. It's a nine minute short film, uh, called all alone in April directed by Ace Norton. Um, and it's so something that I was, uh, hesitant about, uh, when the pandemic was really raging and the quarantine and the stay at home orders were happening and everything. The thing that I kind of kept thinking about was like, there's going to be so much art made about this and this time, this era and everything, mm-hmm. there's going to be art made about it. And my fear was that it would be art like, and it's still a, a prominent fear of mine that we will romanticize or, create art that isn't reflective of what the experience has been. Uh-huh. And what I really was hesitant about watching a a quarantine movie, a short film is that I was worried that it would be like this theatrical kind of thing, like this this like like not taking the seriousness. Melodramatic. Yeah. Uh-huh. What this was though was a very interesting um kind of artistic kind of view of it it wasn't like it's it's the exact type of quarantine art that i that i didn't know i really wanted Mm. um because it exists in this world that's not the coronavirus pandemic but it is this apocalyptic thing and it's telling the story of this lonely widow and the person that she meets and, and falls in love with and it's like it's mostly if not all silent Hmm. I believe it is. I believe it is entirely silent. Um, And it's like it's black and white and it's it's got like this just really interesting aesthetic to it that she's wearing this like it's not like a a fabric mask that everyone was complaining about not being able to breathe because they're fucking idiots uh, that don't know how to breathe. But it's it's like a full on like gas mask, gas mask thing. And like, it's just the imagery of that is just really interesting. And uh, it's interesting world building. And it kind of has this almost uh, darkly comedic uh, ending. I'll leave it at that. But it's uh, it was really good. I was really kind of taken with it. Nice. Yeah. Um, any other standouts that you saw? Uh, yes. Uh, sorry, real quick. What was that one called? Something about April? All Alone in April. Okay. I was just checking to see if it won the award. I don't think it did. Okay. Um, So, uh, yeah, one other that I want to highlight is called Holler. Did you see that one? I did not, but did some... uh, Yeah, tell me about it. I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, Plot summary. To pay for her education and the chance for a better life, a young woman joins a dangerous scrap metal crew. Um. So I checked this out because hmm. I saw that Pamela Adlon was in the cast. That's right. You told me about this. Yeah. Yes. And she definitely is in it, but mm-hmm. she's only in it for like two scenes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but still, um, the uh, lead actress whose name is Jessica Barden, uh, okay. I was really impressed with. She has a really good performance. Nice. Um, and... Uh, it's, it's an interesting story. It's kind of, kind of one that's been told before, but not mm-hmm. in this way, you know? Okay. Um, uh, it, just some really good, like, character details and the way it all plays out is, uh, impressive. Um, nice. and it is actually getting a, I think it was picked up by IFC. Oh, films. nice. 
Um, and it is being hmm. released on June 11th. So okay. And I think nice. I might have to look this up, but I think it might be coming to the uh, the living room theater. Oh yeah, here in Indy. Nice. So, um, yeah, uh, I would Sweet. I would recommend it if people have a chance to see it. Uh, check it out. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you you haven't seen a movie at the living room, have you? No, not yet. Okay, because I was wondering because I thought that you did, and then when you said earlier that. Uh, a Quiet Place Part Two was your first one since onward. I was like, yeah. wait, doesn't compute. No, I uh, was gonna bring up potentially going to see something together. Oh, over nice. there at some point, but I don't know what yet. Okay, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I would totally be game for that. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, and then what else? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There was a, a bunch of good stuff at Indie Film Fest. Yes, um, and. They, I mean, they, they're so cool over there. Um, I really, I really like Indie Film Fest. Um, I didn't get a chance to see this one, but mm-hmm. the opening film, The Dry, the Dry, with Eric Bana. I didn't get to see it either, but yeah, apparently mm-hmm. it's like one of the most, it's becoming like one of the most like successful Australian movies. Yeah, it's, it's getting some good buzz. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's showing, uh, at, like I said, the living room theater and I think maybe nice. Keystone as well. Sweet. Maybe. Um, so, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else? Should we kind of close it down? Um, I, I feel like there was one or two other ones mm. that I saw at Film Fest, but I can't remember off the top yeah. of my head. Nothing, uh, worth, you know, raving about. Right. Um, yeah, let me check my letterbox. I already talked about Welcome to Monterey in a mm-hmm. previous episode, so that's been covered. Which I think won another award. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Best of Hoosier Lens won yeah. the feature. Oh, yeah. Uh, we should probably also mention all of the award winners are streaming <laughs> oh, yes. on the Indie Film Fest website or through the Indie Film Fest website mm-hmm. uh, from May 27th through June 2nd. Yes. So, so go and check those out. There was yes. also a short film that won, I don't remember what category, but it's a hashtag, P, uh, hashtag BTSD. Yes. Did you see that one? No. Okay. It is, it is, uh, it's heartbreaking. It's basically, um, it's it's black traumatic stress disorder okay um and it's just a story about um uh, a a black man uh, going to the store i'll leave it at that hmm. um or coming home from the store i'll say that okay um but it's it's i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking okay but yeah um uh yeah. there is one other short that I uh saw that ended up winning an award, the audience award for documentary short. Nice. Uh Grandma and Ginga the movie. Okay. Um it's it's good. Um it's nice. about a an elderly uh pair of sisters who uh started out I guess as YouTube celebrities. Oh, who, interesting. They just kind of bicker back and forth each other. That's kind mm-hmm. of their thing. Uh, and it just kind of explores their lives and uh, how they grew up and previous marriages and whatnot. And it's it's pretty decent. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's Grandma and Ginga. Grandma and Ginga, the movie. Ginga. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
All right. Well, um, I think that'll do it. Oh, uh, to close out the episode, where are you at on your Sandler project for Midwest <laughs> Film Journal? And did you want to announce um, the thing or save it? Will I be back on anytime in June? That's the question. That is a good question. <laughs> Will <laughs> Obsessive Viewer have an episode in June? <laughs> uh, because Tower Junkies and Anthology are running my life in June. Um uh, why not? I guess I can get yeah. people excited. And I will say we'll definitely get... we'll definitely do an obsessive viewer episode in June, no matter what <laughs> what it is. Um, and you'll definitely be on for it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, first part of your question. Um, nearing the end of the the road on the Happy Valley. Nice. Um, this past week was <laughs> Father of the Year, starring David okay. Spade. Uh, which hmm. was very forgettable. Right. Um, and then next week uh, is uh, the Adam Sandler stand-up special. Oh, yeah, uh, which I've heard incredible things about. Yes, 100% fresh. Uh, wow. Pretty good, yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as, you know, stand-up comedy uh things go right um that's the one and i had forgotten about this until it came up where uh sandler does his like tribute to chris farley which oh, i don't know if you had seen that i hadn't it, yeah hmm. it's it's pretty pretty well done yeah nice so okay um cool. and then after that just a couple more sweet and Ooh. then after that <laughs> um Patreon listeners will uh, already know this. Yes. But uh, my next project is going to be uh, exploring uh, the Disney sequels uh, with a twist. It's just the Disney direct-to-video sequels. Uh, I guess sequels, prequels, spinoffs, whatever. Yeah. Uh, But they have to be direct-to-video and they have to be uh offshoots of theatrically released films. Okay. Yeah. That So movies oof. like yeah. The Return of Jafar is the first one. Right. And then um the the next Aladdin movie, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Okay. Uh then there's, you know, a little bit of everything. There's hmm. fairly soon in my progression as of this recording, is uh, uh, 101 Dalmatians sequel. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why you would subject yourself to that kind of uh, project, but that's awesome. No, I, that's... I get very bored at work. Sure. So why sure. not? Yeah. That, uh, I don't know. I nice. just, I was, we were scrolling through Disney Plus one day and mm. I just, I, I forget what even we were even looking for, and I just was uh, continually surprised by just how many of these there were, and how many I had vaguely remembered. You know, yeah. So, huh. yeah, it's, it's gonna be fun. Crazy. Oh or yeah, something like that. Sure. <laughs> nice, and that'll be on Midwest Film Journal. Correct. Um, so that's exciting. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Obsessive Viewer. Um, uh, Ben, thank you for joining me for these reviews. Thank you. And, uh, congrats on your first press screening and sorry, I couldn't be there, <laughs> um, which 
it's funny because when we were talking about that, I was like, okay, we're, we're like, I'm annoyed that I couldn't go to it. It's like, <laughs> but there was an accident with a semi and some SUVs. It's like, okay, someone's terrible day is my <laughs> inconvenient, uh, calendar, <laughs> like my yeah. minor inconvenience, but, um, but still, yeah. Indie truck drivers get your shit together. Yes. Yes. They were protesting something. Um, like I was on 465 and there was like a whole like oh. train, like they had signs like and stuff. Recently? But, yeah, like within the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Um, and they had like signs of plastered on the on the sides of their trailer or their tra- uh, uh, cabs. Huh. And like I kept trying to read it, but I'm like, okay, I don't want to die. So <laughs> um, okay. So you got your message hmm. across. Um so I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that is uh, Trucker Talk. And um, all right, that'll do it for this episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and check out Patreon and everything and Anthology and Tower Junkies. But until next time, don't know what we're going to do next time. But Ben, uh, thank you for joining me. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. It's E.T. I've got to get Reese's Pieces. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I did that, and then, like, I um, <laughs> mixed the Reese's Pieces in with the popcorn, um, which I, I like putting candy in popcorn. Like, it's, it's good. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, talk about a race to get home <laughs> like that just really, really fucked me up. That'll do it. I believe yeah. it. Yep. Yep. But, uh, so anyway, so I would find myself in the precarious situation of being too hungry for popcorn, but not hungry enough for like stopping like at Qdoba or something. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've actually branched out a little bit in terms of concessions and like I have gotten like chicken tenders or, uh, like AMC has flatbread pizza and like, it's fine. The obsessive viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com. for a full archive of our episodes. Go to obsessiveviewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike white. That's me at R a Fekus and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. 
And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower Series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Kitty!